Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast, and welcome back to Kindred, episode three of this TV show. Uh, I am joined again by Candace, and we've got a lot to say. Yes, I do. Yeah. So, just starting off, going again, chronological order to the best of our ability, we've got someone randomly ringing a bell for Dana, and for whatever reason... Dana's mom is up in the attic with her and literally nobody else is there. Nobody. Not even the lady that was laying on the bed when we first saw the attic the night before. Yeah. It's still, it's still a palatial country home. I also have to get really mad about the fact that they're like, Luke, find Dana something warmer. First of all, first of all, Dana is wearing a long sleeve and jeans. (laughs) And they bring her a dress. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's second way of all, yeah. Second of all, I'm like, what, like, idea do they have about slavery that they think that um, anybody who was enslaved was had access to warm clothing during the winter months? I don't know. Uh, I I was very, I I I I was I was I was speechless, perplexed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I, my only note for this entire section, <laughs> it's in all caps. It says, fucking chill out with this timey-wimey nonsense. That's, yeah. what, that's what the note says. Yeah. And, oh my god. Okay, so for me, the biggest takeaway, right? Like, I was being nitpicky as fuck about pretty much everything that I saw because I was so just put out. The fact that, like, Nigel has time to go upstairs and run errands for others enslaved people is is mind-boggling to me like in the yeah. book whatever like luke or nigel or carrie or anybody has conversations with dana it's like on the way to do something that they're already supposed to be doing like it's never mm-hmm. like i can't get to see you they don't have time for that right like yeah it's usually hey uh mars tom told me to come down here and get you while i'm here can you can you please teach my son to read right like it's always like in like in passing like ships in the night right somebody walks by and is like hello i am on my way to get lady margaret changed but also you're very handsome and i would really like it very much if we could see each other again okay bye like that's how i see conversations happening with slaves because they their time was not their own literally um so like when dana's like oh you know rufus like you know I, i i saw you uh, I think I saw you back then. Remember when I turned Rufus over as a baby and her mom's like, what? No, I wasn't there. Yeah. What was that about? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, what? So then like Dana's like, yeah, you know, she describes the whole scene and she's like, um, her mom's like, how do you go back in time? Like, how do you go back? And Dana's like, I don't know. This is like only the third time this happened to me. And her mom's like, what do you mean? You don't know. Like, of course you have to know. Like, what do you mean? It gets like really intense mm-hmm. with her in the attic for a minute. Yeah. And then like, and then, like, she realizes, okay, Rufus is her is her ancestor, right? So, like, I hate the way that her mom explains this to her instead of her just kind of coming to the understanding like she does in the book because she has a healthy understanding of her history and her past. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that, you know, a lot of Black people don't have that because it's hard to find, slave like, records from slavery. Like, mm-hmm. not everybody has that. That's a privilege, like, my family has because one of my aunts was into genealogy. But... A lot of black people, you know, American black people don't have the information to understand, A, what part of Africa they're from, let alone, B, who they belong to when they got here, right? Like, a lot of the is lost to time. Um, 
But her mom basically infers, like, gives her the the fuel that she needs to connect the dots that she is Rufus's ancestor. Because, like, apparently her mom, and this is the thing that's really messing me up, is that her mom is the one that time travels back and forth. But mm-hmm. the but Rufus isn't her mother's ancestor. Rufus is her father's ancestor. Which I'm like, why would you go through those mental gymnastics for that? Because she said, yeah, I think your dad had some family around here. We both had family in Baltimore, but your dad had family, like, specifically here in Easton. And so, like, Rufus is Dana's ancestor in her patriarchal line rather than her mm-hmm. matriarchal line like it is in the book. Which, like, begs why? the question, why is her mom there then, right? Like, why did, yeah. like, for what reason is her mom there? And, like, if her mom is there and the and this, this time-traveling ability passes through the matriarchal line, like, why wouldn't she have gone to her mother's family? Like, I don't, I don't understand, right? Like, especially because in yeah. the book, it's not like she's trying to make sure something happens. Like, she has to save history. She's just making sure that whatever happened continues to happen so that she continues to exist, right? It's not yeah. one of those situations where it's like, go back in time, kill Hitler, right? Like, that. it's not mm-hmm. that kind of time travel. It's, I need to go back in time. No, it's, I find myself back in time. I'm trying to learn a lesson while I'm here, and I'm trying to make sure that while I learn this lesson while I'm here, I'm not disrupting the status quo so that I don't blip myself out of existence. Those are two yeah. completely different, like sci-fi wise, sci-fi wise and reality wise. Those are completely different stories that they're telling. Right. Mm-hmm. And as she's saying this to her about how Rufus is her ancestor and all of this, right. Like in my head, I'm like, okay, so her mom didn't come back here to make sure their family line succeeds. Why is she here? I don't understand. No, It doesn't make any sense at all. And then the mother's like, yeah, I showed up and there was like a massacre. I'm like, girl, what? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Where did you end up? And then the mom drops the fact that Dana somehow brought that patroller back, but didn't bring the patroller back to her home so this dude's just like in nothingness he's just he's just out there either in nothingness or maybe he teleported outside of her house and now there's just a plantation overseer or whoever just like riding around silver lake california like what (laughs) what did the horse go to i don't i don't know i'm so confused i'm like Like, I'm glad that it's at least getting to a point now where it's, like, almost slightly funny. I hope it continues to just get, like, at this point, I feel like the best that we can hope for is that it just gets more and more ridiculous until it's, like, hilarious. Um, Because I don't, I I genuinely don't know how they're going to save this. Fucking Kevin loafs into the room. Like, he's so, he's so awful. He's so bad. Like, I hate him so much. Like, I was looking forward to hating Kevin, and this is just not it. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I asked for. And, like, he, like, loafs into the room and is like, Dana, there you are. Like, he's been looking all over this house for her. I thought you went back without me. Like, what? Get out of here. 30 seconds later. Oh, my God. Get out of here. I thought you went back without me. Like, doesn't ask her how she's doing. Doesn't say I was worried about your health and safety. Like, Margaret Whalen told him. She is one room above yours. She's a floor above you, exactly where yeah. you are now. And he had to look everywhere for her. Imbecile. Like, I don't I don't understand. Like what? And then like, I mean, I guess it's good that the selfishness of Kevin 
uh, prevails in this show. Yeah. Um, because like we were expecting him to be deeply selfish, but this is like a whole other kind of thing, man. This is like some, yeah. some dumb shit. Like I can't even get my head around it. And then, so basically Dana's like, yo, I, mom, I'm going to bring you back. And I'm like, Dana, one terrible idea, terrible plan. Terrible. terrible. Because here's the thing. You and your mom, not from the same time period. No. So one your mom either needs to a figure out how to time travel back on her own which then in turn changes your entire life or like your mom might be stuck part of the problem too is the the way that this episode ends i'm not going to speak of it yet because we're going to get there yeah. But the way this episode ends lets me oh, know so that mad. perhaps the mom does understand how to get back in time, which, again, just gives me more questions. Correct. So, yeah. Oh, and then I love that the mom literally looks at Dana and's like, yeah, Kevin's going to get you killed. Like, that dude's a <laughs> moron. I, and Dana's like, he's not my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, girl, listen. Yeah, yeah, I can't. You need, like, I... <laughs> Because her mom's not wrong. No. Like, Kevin is a terrible liar. Like, yes. if you're picking any white man as your shield, That's pick another one. one. That's not He's the one. He's terrible. He's no. so bad. And Horrible. Like, he just basically, honestly, puts Dana in a worse situation. And she's already putting herself in a terrible situation. Because yes. she's also awful. She is so ill-equipped. Yes. Like Brutally so. Like, yeah, can't I'm even saying, pretend. Here's my thing. You're telling me a TV writer, a TV writer cannot even fathom on how a person should act in this time period. Like, I, that is your entire thing. Like, if you're a writer, you should know, okay, I'll just play a character. How would a character act in this period? Like, what? You're telling I, me you can't figure that out? I, I, like I don't even <laughs> I don't even know. She knows how to splint a leg, but she doesn't know how to act surprised. It's fine. Literally. It's like, fine. <laughs> I am someone who is very strong willed. Mm-hmm. Same. If I found myself in the past, my mouth shut. All yeah, the time. I would shut the fuck up and I'd never look at anybody. That's no. what I would do. I just shut because the fuck I'm up not and like be like, Yep, just pretend I'm not here. Yeah. Literally, your entire goal, if you get sent back, even to like the 60s. Yep. Assimilate. You assimilate and you raise no notice of yourself at all. No, no. Don't play the lotto no matter how tempting. Don't do it. If you have the winning numbers. Don't do it. Blend in. And Dan is like, I'm a 2016 woman and I refuse. And I'm like, girl... No. No. Stop. Stop. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It's too much for me. I can't. It's, oh, it's so infuriating. There's no reason. So then everybody's in the attic. Like five seconds later, like literally every single character they have in the house (laughs) is in the attic for no reason. Like Margaret Whalen is up there like the witch. Because I guess she thinks that Dana's mom is a witch, even though she helped save her son. Yeah. Uh, And then like 
fucking Tom Whalen comes upstairs and is like, why is everyone in the attic? And I'm like, that's a good question. <laughs> why yeah. is everyone in the attic? Carrie comes up there for no reason. Carrie, why are you in the attic? I'm like, how long are we doing this? Can we wrap it up? Thing is, aren't they all supposed to be in the attic? Like, is that where All the slaves, yeah. Not Tom Whalen and Margaret Whalen chilling yeah. in the attic like it's fine. They go up there and they start like having this like chit chat. This like argument about how like evil she is and she's all crazy like like Margaret gets all like fucking yeah. bananas at her and starts fucking shaking an angry fist and getting all like jazzed yeah. up or whatever and Tom's like I'm sorry for my wife to Kevin and then Kevin's like well my slave I'm sorry for my slave and I'm like can we just can we go can we can not? we go like can we just stop please you yeah. shouldn't be having this conversation here <laughs> and then also and we're just suspending disbelief that they would actually go up there themselves they would send someone to like, oh, go see what's going on <laughs> thank you like why are they in the attic they no, never no. go up there like and it's real clean it's, oh, it's, it's so clean there's not one cobweb like Okay, sure. Who's anyway. the Susie homemaker of this freaking attic? Okay, because like, <laughs> it's just the one lady that lives attic. up there. It's the one lady that lives up there. Truly. That's who tidies it because she She's wants like, to keep to my home. <laughs> she wants to keep her entire home nice and clean. Apparently, like, are you serious right now? Oh my god. Oh, so then- so they so they don't cram people into the attic, but they're mm-hmm. fine changing the rest of the story. Like apparently, gratuitously. Yeah. Oh, she's having women's troubles. That's the excuse that mm-hmm. Dana's mom uses. And now they think that she's pregnant. And I'm like, all right. I'm okay. so mad. So Does bad. anybody have something I can hang on to so I don't fly off this ride? Because I... <laughs> <sighs> pregnant. I'm like, why is this show so obsessed with like reducing this woman to being like a vagina? Like, I don't... I don't, I understand. don't understand between like the rape scene in episode one. And now all of a sudden the slave is her, Dana. The slave is pregnant. And then like, yeah. again, so you're not going to talk about the real stuff that's scary and bad and terrifying and upsetting in the original source material. Mm-hmm. Instead, you're going to have Tom Whalen saying, well, good for you. When did you acquire your slave? When did you buy her? Oh, you got two for the price of one talking about how she's pregnant and he bought two for the price of one. And he so much as basically says like, you know, sometimes it's good to get more workers insinuating like that's why slaves get, you know, raped and molested and assaulted so Mm -hmm. that they have more property. And like, I'm in my head, I'm like, there was a, there were, there were a bunch of other ways to do this, right? The conversation in the book that tells you that, that, that Mars Tom and his and his dad, right? Because we know that Margaret Whalen um, doesn't really have a ton of money. She's she's country. She's just pretty. And then we know that his ex that his past wife, right, his deceased wife, um, that she did come from money, right, and that she, her family does have cash. And that's kind of how he was able to get this farm in the first place, right? It was his first wife and and her family. So mm-hmm. like, we also find out that um, in the book that. That's how he got Aunt Sarah. Aunt Sarah belonged to to to, um, to Tom's wife's father, and was passed down to them. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how. Like that's how. Like she ended up being in their family. So that's what I'm saying. Like instead of having the conversation in the book, which gives Sarah Aunt Sarah a voice, where she can say, "Hey, some of the kids that he sold off, I had with the previous 
master of the estate, right? Like mm-hmm. some of the kids that he sold off were his own fucking kids, right? Yeah. That that he, that he forced me to get rid of, um, and that's why Margaret Whalen especially can't stand uh, Aunt Sarah because of everything she represents and the other slaves that she knows that her husband has dalliances with because they represent her husband choosing to go elsewhere and seek pleasure instead of being with her. So she has a problem with that. Right. So instead Mm -hmm. of having that conversation and giving a black person, right. The stage to, to, to narrate this horrific, this horrific experience that they have to go through, right. That people Mm -hmm. went through all the time back then. Instead, you're going to have a white person congratulate another white person and give that information in in like a, in like a celebratory way. Why, why, why would you give the white people more, lines like this episode is like 80 percent white yeah and then the way they reduce sarah down to the one thing she does not want to be you know with this whole conversation with isadora i was so infuriated oh my god i I was like are you kidding me like rachel I, I I i lost my mind i lost my mind I, 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 I couldn't even believe it. I kept saying, I was like, where's, where's Aunt Sarah? Like, where's Aunt Sarah? We see Carrie. Where's Aunt Sarah? Like, where is she? Yeah. She's a major point. Like, she is the biggest. And I realize you can't have Aunt Sarah have the role that Aunt Sarah has when you have Dana's mother there. That's what happened. Because mm-hmm. Aunt Sarah is like a mother figure to Dana. She mm-hmm. takes her under her wing and is like, at first, I thought you were a little shithead. And I was not interested in dealing with you. But now I yeah. realize you're ju- you just don't know. So let mm-hmm. me tell you what's going on. Like, let me clue you in on what's really happening here. There's an uglier, there's an uglier face underneath the one that you're seeing that's already pretty ugly. And mm-hmm. you need to understand your role here because, like, you're not free. I know you think you're free because you got that white man in there, but you are not free. And this is what you need to do to ensure your safety, right? Like, that is a whole relationship that guides Dana through the entire book. Like Aunt mm-hmm. Sarah is arguably the unsung hero of Kindred because she's the reason that Dana is able to get out alive. So in lieu of that, they instead are like, let me put that on the mom to do, right? Yeah. But it's not like the mom has re- any real experience that she can give Dana. She's seen things that have happened, right? But it's yeah. inferred that the mom is like seen as a witch, which is kind of like a hands-off kind of situation, right? Like I, mean, I don't think really- anyone's... If they wanted to do this and they like wanted to follow the book more, but they wanted this whole weird plot with the mom, they could have made the mom Aunt Sarah. They could have. They could have had the mom there for like, say, you know, she had um, freaking um, Dana when she was like 20. Yeah. They could have had her in there since she's been like 23. Yep. She's been there for 20 years. Yep. She got, you know, raped and now she had multiple kids yep like they could have done it that way and had that same relationship yep and they just decided to fully disregard it i don't like like i don't i don't understand why they would do that to me that's like that's removing so much power and agency from the black characters in this in this in this material like it's Mm -hmm. from the black women specifically like yeah I I really thought that they would do more to elevate black women because mm-hmm. of the source material. Like at one point, Jason, my partner looked over to me and said, you got to love the confidence of these writers. They were like, Octavia Butler is good, but we can make her great. Like get out of here. Literally throw yourselves in the trash. I'm so sorry. I know that's probably very harsh, 
but like all they yeah. had to do was just make the book. Like that's all they had to do was just make the book. And it was like they pulled one thread. I mean, we talked about this a little bit in our previous discussion, but like mm -hmm. it's like they pulled one thread and said, well, there's one way that we have to make this a little bit more um, suitable for a longer term miniseries. How do mm -hmm. we do that? They pulled that thread and everything else fell apart and they were like, we can put it back together. No, you can't. This was terrible. Like, so terrible. The one thing I will say is knowing screenwriters now, I know that like they don't really have a choice in what they write. So it's a production company, realistically, right. that's right. at fault here. Because I'm sure the screenwriters are like, oh, we have this entire book. I would love to work on Kindred. They start like doing it and then the screenwriters are like, no. Or not the screeners. The production company's like, mm, no. Yeah, we need to do something different. Yeah, like I... So then there's a party. Mm -hmm. There's a party that, like, fucking Tom Whalen has organized to shake down his, uh, his old in-laws for money mm -hmm. uh, to do an infusion of cash at this mm -hmm. farm, which is really a plantation. And... Uh, they keep calling it a farm. They keep calling it a farm. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so like that's why he's like mad like when dana goes downstairs he's like on rufus's bed like about to smack him around and i'm pretty sure like in the book that's not the conversation like in the book i'm pretty sure rufus is like i'm scared of my dad like he's whooped me before but he's never really hurt me hurt me so the fact mm -hmm. that he's like on top of him and the kid's mm -hmm. leg is like broken and he's like like you know what i mean it's almost like they make the two main white characters worse but in superficial ways rather than yeah. the deep-seated evil that they both wrestle with like i think that that's much more compelling like the mm -hmm. idea that you could be harsh and harmful to a black child just because they're a slave and you don't care to me that's yeah. like that's way scarier than somebody who just like smacks their kid around now granted smacking your kid around is also scary right a person mm -hmm. who would do that is still a monster if you're abusive to your child or you're abusive to your wife that's still horrific right yeah like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But in this scene, why choose to have him put most of his violence on the other white people that are there instead of showing the reality, which is mm -hmm. black bodies were there to keep white people more safe from people who were like that in their lives. They so would like, usually take the brunt of that anger. Yeah. What I want to compare it to really quick is, you know how like you see those serial killers that they're like, oh, he was an everyday average Joe. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have been anybody. Could have been your neighbor. Could have been your best friend. Yep. We all know that is drastically more scary than the serial killer that everyone called the police on multiple times because yep. everybody knew he was psycho. That casual guy, yep. drastically scarier. That's yep. how Tom Whalen was. He was yes. just a normal, casual dude yep. who Until. also, yeah, like <laughs> mm -hmm. was horrible to his slaves that he viewed as less than human. Yes. You and know? why why you would dilute that is beyond me down to down to the party we go mm -hmm. into the party right and it's it's like a white cam gets turned on right like mm -hmm. every scene is just white people talking to each other for like a good 25 30 minutes of the show mm -hmm. it's just white people talking to each other about white mm -hmm. shit right and i'm mm -hmm. like why is this happening on this show white people are obviously in the book but like why is so much time being given to them right you find out yeah. passive aggressively that margaret whalen has had a bunch of miscarriages because there's like some little angels on the hearth that isadora says are creepy like again trying to inject levity into the show like making jokes yeah. like how how they look at margaret whalen like margaret whalen is the joke which like 
I don't appreciate because that dilutes how ugly she is. Like, not on the outside, obviously. She's supposed to be gorgeous. But yeah. on the inside, it absolutely changes that quality in her, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, like, she's like, oh, let's have a, let's, let's, let's let them in to, to entertain us in the, in the spirit of, in the spirit of goodwill, right? So mm-hmm. then, like, some black children come in dressed in, like, rags and stuff, and they all, like, watch them dance, which I'm yeah. like, and then they like throw like like coins and and like oranges and treats on the floor for them. Which I'm like, is that supposed to be showing that they're kind to them? I like, assumed it was supposed to be showing like how they basically treat them like animals. But it's like again, it's the softest way to do that. Yes, you know what I mean. Like what? I don't like, know because it's because I I feel like after you watch this, you're gonna be like. Okay, imagine you give this to someone who's never seen mm-hmm. anything. They just don't know anything about the world. And you're like, this is what slavery was like. Here you go. They're going to be like, okay, it was bad, but like, it's not, not that, that bad. bad. Which is not, mm-hmm. the, that's not the point. The point no. is, this is how awful it is. Oh my God. You know? Yep. yep. And it's like, like you're doing the opposite. <laughs> like, even the scene with, 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 with Carrie and Nigel. First of all, all of these children are far older than I thought they were in the book. In the book, I was like, oh, they're like probably eight, nine. These kids are like 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like when Nigel comes in and brings Rufus that gift, I was like, okay. Or Carrie brings him the gift. I'm like, first of all, in the book, Carrie is just as afraid of Rufus as she is of everybody else. Like she mm-hmm. only trusts the people in her family because she's mute, right? And like they never talk about the fact that she's mute. They're just fine with her being a silent minority in a show, which like- yeah lots of problems with that um and she just kind of like comes in gives him the gift or whatever he's like oh thank you so much he accepts it in front of dana they finally have the please don't call me a nigger conversation that they should have had forever ago right Mm -hmm. but like i don't understand like a the minimization of the Mm -hmm. conversation she has with rufus about not calling people that obviously there's so much more to it that happens when we watch it in when we when we see it kind of happening when we're reading it in the book right like there's there's a depth that just doesn't occur here number one Mm -hmm. and then number two when this little white girl comes upstairs right the 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 niece of tom whalen it's almost like they felt it would be more innocuous to have a little girl i mean and granted having the little girl say it it's it's innocuous in a way, but it's also more terrifying in a way to have her say that because you're just like, God damn. So even the little kids, right? The thing yeah. that I have a problem with is the characterization of her parents, mm-hmm. right? Like we've got her dad who obviously is a man of the times, right? He has no problem, you know, having owning slaves and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you have her mom who like seems to be such a bleeding heart for slavery, right? Like, yeah seems to have such a fucking you know like a like a such a i don't know a a a, a yin to like but in the know. strangest way like yeah she, like she cares about sarah but not enough to uh, like want to free her well she talks about her in third person when she sees carrie she goes oh my goodness i held this little one when she was a child yes this one here so she still says this one she still uses racist language like impl- like implying that this is yeah. 
a creature rather than a child, right? Yeah. But she like, treats- how is her daughter so fucking racist and shitty if know. her mother is not? Like, how do how do you get that, right? Like, and then flashing into the white people's party. Okay, so going okay. directly inside. Can mm-hmm. I ask what outfit Kevin is wearing? Because the man is gigantic compared to everybody else that's there. He's like Viking tall. He's got broad yeah. shoulders. Like he's a big ass man, right? Like Jason Stackhouse is like pushing five nine and like 160 pounds soaking wet maybe on a great day, right? Like the yeah. man is a shrimp next to this hulking gigantic beast of a six foot two probably 250 pound man right like dude is not small he is not little by any stretch of the imagination whose clothes is he wearing literally they're like get him some finery he's in this finery and i'm like where did you find shoes to fit his gigantic feet like i need to know whose clothes he's wearing right so then he's like always caught unawares he's never ready for anyone to talk to him about anything he's blurting shit out isadora's like i just got back from england and i read this amazing new book it just came out jane austen and he goes pride and prejudice and she goes oh my goodness you must have spent time in england and i'm like why wouldn't you just listened and shut the fuck up like i know why would you be like you mean this book that i watched the movie of one time with my girlfriend like he's a woke white man he's a woke white man Oh woke white men always need to interrupt to tell you how they are woke they are. He's oh like, oh, I've read that in Prejudice. It's so embarrassing. Like, it's, it's so embarrassing. embarrassing to watch. He sits down, starts playing Tears for Fears on the piano, because, like, obviously every show that has a historical scene needs to also have anachronistic music where somebody is doing the Westworld, where, like, somebody's playing an old saloon piano and it's fucking Nirvana, right? Like, obviously mm-hmm. you gotta have that, because, you know... No show is complete without it at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no one knows what he's playing. And then like the brother-in-law sidles up to him and mentions how handsome fucking Tom Whalen is like seven times, like in yeah. quick section. He's like, yeah, you know, well, uh, I like to be down here in the plantation. Of course, my handsome uh, brother-in-law and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, uh, you know, he's a handsome plantation owner. That's right. He has a nice farm and the farm is also handsome. Not as handsome as him, but he's quite handsome. And then uh, like he says he's handsome like 17 times in a row and then mm-hmm. turns his homosexual gaze, which like I'm like. First of all, you're going to have racist gays in this in this show. It feels Why so homophobic. Racist gays. Why do we need evil racist gays in this show? I need to know. Mm-hmm. Especially because, all right, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So he's very gay and uh, he looks at Kevin and he like sizes him up like he's a tree that he wants to climb and mm-hmm. is like, mm, yes, sir. Well, he's not the only handsome one around here now, is he? And then like tries him. Yeah, like just straight up grabs his dick. Straight up just, like, puts his hand on his dick. And I'm like, there's mixed company. There are children running around in the mm-hmm. scene. There are other people. I'm like, for as closeted as American queers have been. Yeah. For forever. I mean, there are whole ass, like, bits of history that have been burned in fires and destroyed that we just barely have. I just learned the other day. I can't remember... Uh, this man's name, unfortunately. Um, but there is a man that I found out was uh, a, a freed slave mm-hmm. who, after he was free, hosted um, hosted balls. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first uh, drag balls. 
like oh, queen. That's cool. Yeah. So like yeah. he was he was he was a black man who was who was a slave. And mm-hmm. after he stopped after he was emancipated, um, he continued that tradition. And then his brothers picked up on it. Like he was a tailor. He used to he used to sew dresses for men to dress in when they would go to these events. So like qu- clearly queer history is as old as time, right? We've got mm-hmm. Greco-Roman paintings of of homosexuality, right? Like since the dawn of time, there have always been gays, there will always be gays, we will always be here and queer, right? But it was not safe, I'm sure, to be openly grabbing someone's dick at a Christmas yeah. brunch in 1816. I just yeah. don't buy it. And so like, like Kevin's like polite politely decline. No, thank yeah. you. Uh, anyway, and then like he hears the screaming of a little girl and runs up to see what's the matter because Dana has basically told this girl she can fucking slap her the day that Dana can slap her back. And I'm just like, Dana would never threaten to slap another child. Like she doesn't even threaten to slap Rufus like that. And when she does, it takes a minute. Like it takes her a while to threaten him with bodily harm. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that is the way they chose to... Well, kind like, of like tell this narrative like i know and even in 2016 even in 2016 as an adult woman if i if a child is being incredibly racist in front of me i don't think i would threaten to slap a child like no. a random child because no. one it's a child two it's you, someone else's child it's someone else's <laughs> child yeah and three, if one. i start beefing up with some random kid on the street like i'm gonna get arrested yeah. You look wrong, no matter yeah. what. No matter what. I don't... <laughs> what? Like, I, there's never been a day in my life where I looked at, like, a fucking 10-year-old and I was like, me, you, on the street. Like, Square never. No. <laughs> me and you, Susan, I'm taking you down. Like, what? Like, you, you look from the child and you look at their Karen-ass mom and then you're like, yep. all right, get outside. You know? Hey, you. You and me. Come out here. Yeah. No, kick your ass because your kid called me the N-word. Let's go. Yeah. Like, so, like, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, and then and then what does Dana say? Like, this episode needs to be called Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss because that's Truly. literally what's happening in this episode, right? <laughs> so Dana looks Rufus straight in the face and goes, that didn't happen, did it? And Rufus is like, what? Why would you threaten her? And Dana's like, shut up. It never happened. You're going to tell him it never happened. I'm like, so you guys are just going to gaslight this little white child? <laughs> right so dana's like fucking like they come upstairs and straight up they ask her what happened and i'm like in my head i'm like why are you asking this slave what happened like there would be no conversation that man would have just walked up to dana and slapped her in the face it doesn't matter if you hit somebody else's slave it's not like they had propriety like that it was do it and then ask questions later right like ask 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 for forgiveness not permission that's how things worked with black people back in the day if if you had an escaped slave and somebody roughed them up on the way to bringing them back to you, even killed them. The worst mm-hmm. that would happen to them is they'd have to pay you for your property. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh no, you know, we got to make sure we're fucking respecting this white man's property. Like that's not real, right? No. So Kevin comes up and is like, "I'll talk to my slave. I'll handle it." And the guy's like, "Well, you've offended me, sir. I'm going to leave." And I'm like, "No, no. none of this is how this would happen at all." Dana's looking everybody in the fucking eyes, girl bossing Literally. her way to fucking glory. Yes, I did not. She's like there. Like, I'm, I'm watching this show just like, okay. Um, Confused, <laughs> alarmed, like, shaken. I could, I could barely take notes. I just said, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. And then I just, so confused. So confused in this like, entire situation. 
the acting is bad. The vibe is bad. Dana doesn't act any different than when she first got here. It doesn't, it's not like she's, she's learned how to like, like what I love about the Dana in the book and like, it's a love hate kind of thing. Cause it hurts at the same time as it like really is meaningful and important is how quickly mm-hmm. Dana kind of has to reconcile where she is. And to me, yeah. that buildup is what makes it so bad when she finally just like overstays her welcome and has mm-hmm. to truly learn how to fit in there when the overseer gets at her. Like that, that yeah. one day when Rufus like kind of turns a blind eye and allows her to get beaten. Like all of this leads up to that moment so that mm-hmm. she can finally say enough is enough, right? Like that enough is enough moment has to come for her. And it doesn't mm-hmm. come because she still looks at Rufus like he's a child, like he's her ancestor and he's a child. And, oh, mm-hmm. well, I got to make exceptions, which is why it's so stupid that this version of Dana is down to threaten a kid. Like she can't yeah. even bring herself to threaten a child. She's seen dude like ridiculous shit. So how is she supposed to be threatening this stranger's child? Like, I don't think so, man. No. Just and then no. The, and then the man, the homosexual guy, too, he says, um, which like I don't even want to call him the homosexual guy because that's it's- just fucking rude. Um, it's such a homophobic telling of this dude too it's gross and i don't appreciate it in my black ass show like don't give me homophobia in my black show like whenever people assume that black people are homophobic i'm like no what what it what it is is that culturally black people are very tied to their faith and their religion and religion Mm -hmm. quote unquote says that homosexuality is a sin right so in the public eye are black people going to be like oh parade down main street for gay people they are now right we're coming around a lot of people are starting to move into that world now it it has been a problem in the past but that's Mm -hmm. something that we're starting to see change very radically right before not so much but before did every single black family have one uncle that lived with his roommate or an aunt that dressed like a man or yes homosexuality has always been around you acknowledge oh yeah that's my uncle my uncle uh my uncle sarah she's great right like that totally exists in black families right so it's Mm -hmm. not as though like black people are like inherently homophobic and then to like also kind of subvert the narrative to like include this other experience that like isn't at all relevant to the story that's being told like is this going to come up later because when he leaves he storms out one of the things that I noticed that is that he says to Kevin um, that he, he there's a lot that he respects about him as a fellow slaver, but he didn't he, he thinks that he needs to get his slave under control. And in my head, I went slaver like a slaver is a is a derogatory word. When you mm-hmm. say someone's a slaver, oh, they're slavers. That's like saying someone's like a like someone is kind of like a fucking um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like saying that someone is an abuser or saying mm. that someone is like a monster or like a villain, right? Like it's not something like a slaveholder, sure, because slaveholder sounds like stockholder, sounds like, you know, yeah. stakeholder, right? It sounds like you own something. Slaveholder, mm. sure. But a slaver? A slaver is somebody who just like doesn't care, herds a bunch of people onto a ship and mails them out to whatever country they're going to, right? That's a slaver. Yeah. Like it's not they didn't i don't think they called themselves that in a positive way so it was weird him saying it at all and then for fucking tom whalen to walk up to kevin and be like hey so uh what uh what did he say to you though when i walked into the room downstairs what were you guys talking about yeah and then kevin just straight up no hesitation outs this man like 
Okay, he touched me. He touched me. Yes, he touched me. And he gets, Tom Whalen gets so excited finding out that his brother-in-law touched him because you know that it's going to come up again in another episode. Oh, yeah. Like, you know it. I wrote down, so we're going to be homophobic instead? Or, like, so we're just going to, like, try to, like, shake this man down and commit extortion by blackmailing him. I know what you are, and I'll tell everybody if you don't, like, come around. Like, I guess so. I don't fucking know. It's like, so ew. bad. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I just, oh God. Like, I just, it was really disgusting. And then like, we, and then like, I'm not trying oh. to jump ahead. You have other notes because I don't want to get to the end before you're Well, ready. really quickly. I just want to, that scene made me feel like they're acting like Kevin has it worse here. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, they're Kinda, like, oh, yeah. poor Kevin, his dick got touched. And then Dana's... <laughs> sleeping on the floor you know in this bougie like this bougie cookhouse with tables like yeah and walls can you imagine how warm it probably is in there and how cozy it is in the winter time yeah it just isn't pretty to look at it's just because something's ugly doesn't mean that it's bad right like what's bad is when you have slaves fucking in a cookhouse that has no walls in the middle of winter time freezing their ass off that's probably how that one lady got fucking frostbite on her toes yeah and it's just like they're so like what it feels like to me is that nobody did their research like that's what it feels like is happening is someone was like oh the gist of kindred is that this woman goes back in the past and it's like really hard and they're like okay Yeah. yeah i can do that like that's what it feels like happened yeah and they also have no they've never heard of slavery in their entire life I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't understand. When they get to the end and they, they go and talk to Aunt Sarah, they're like in the cookhouse, Isadora or whatever her name is, Isabel, yeah. whatever. She's in the cookhouse, like talking to Aunt Sarah. We happen upon their conversation. Yeah. And like, like holding hands. Can you please tell me? Yeah. Why? Why in the world we find Aunt Sarah holding this woman's hands, mm-hmm. looking into her face and saying, Miss Miss uh, Miss Margaret ain't no woman, ain't no kind of woman like you and the old missus were. No, y'all are some good women. Y'all some good people. Y'all some good owners. And y'all do all the right things. But she's just, you know, she terrible. You know, she terrible. She done sold all my children. She sold them up river to be able to afford that ugly furniture so tacky. And in my head, I'm like, first of all, what does a slave know about some ugly furniture? What does a slave know about what's tacky? Can we talk yeah. about it for a second? What in the world? What in the Literally. world would she know about some ugly furniture, please? And then number two, why is she licking this lady's boots? Yeah. This lady's father raped her multiple times and she's going to be nice to her and hold her hands and look in her face and stroke her face, tell her what a good owner she is. Yeah. Black yeah. people were definitely telling their owners what a great job they were doing back then. And it was Literally. deeply meaningful to them if their slaves felt they were doing a good job. What? It's so bad. For no reason. This scene did not need to happen. It did not need to happen at all. And I'm watching it and I am just trying to swallow every bit of bile that is like creeping up my esophagus. Like it almost made me sick to my fucking stomach. And then she grabs Dana at the last second and is like, if you're actually pregnant, you better make sure he gives your babies freedom. Like, yeah, what? That was a completely different conversation that Dana has with with Aunt Sarah about her existence and her reality. Mm-hmm. 
Like, that was a completely different conversation. Like, why would it be happening this way? And then it, then it cuts, right? It's like a super short conversation. It's like a it's like a five-minute scene that's yeah. like a complete throwaway. And then they're back in the cabin with Dana's mom. Mm-hmm. And Dana's mom is like, listen, it was me that night. Why? It was, well, like, it was me that night. Okay, what changed? Yeah. What changed? Can you tell me what changed? Why in the world are you now admitting it? Why wouldn't you have admitted it before? We never find out why she said it wasn't her and then says it is her, right? Also, I don't think Rufus knows Alice in this at all. I agree. Like, I am terrified of where this is going to lead. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very much thinking this is going to be an I am my own grandpa situation. I agree. Because... I agree, because we know she goes back and eventually he's a man. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think there's going to be the relationship with Alice at all, which is something. It's definitely something. And yep. two... Too. Um, it did take me a second to realize that that cat is the missing cat, which I pretty good. Yes. yes. Also, like, if Data saw that cat, why would she just like actually have to take that back with me? Like, I don't. <laughs> I think it would solve like fifty percent of her problems in the present yes. day. Yes, like, it would. <laughs> if I saw, if I accidentally brought a neighbor's cat back in time forgot it for two years and then came back later no it would have been when he was drowning so this cat has been in the past like six years i would have just like i'm sorry i need that cat back um yeah (laughs) my bad gotta take her with me (laughs) and then the new uh, the current present day owners are gonna be like wow my cat aged (laughs) (laughs) it's a miracle don't worry about it don't ask any questions it's, it's and, then, and, then, the and then she's like she asked dana in the beginning of the episode do you know how to get home only to then go i put poison in your tea so you can go home and i'm like all right you know what you guys well, are and just, then, y'all are trying us aren't you you're well, just trying she, you're making sure we're paying attention she told kevin that hey it's not actually poison it's 1000 percent like a sleeping drug and it's just gonna knock her out and then, like, she's like, I put poison. Dana's like, eh, 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 fall. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, I can't. I can't. Air like, falls. Can't. The worst acting I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so Especially because the book specifically says, like, you have to, like, you have to actually be dying. You can't just believe you're going to die. Like, yeah. the situation has to be dire. Like, the yeah. outcome has to be bad. Because when she gets, when she gets beaten, right when she gets whipped she goes home but subsequent times when she gets whipped when she comes back that does not happen for her she's in the field getting like her ass kicked but the guy wants her to work right his intention isn't to isn't to kill her his intention is to get her to work harder so when he when he whips her in the field she doesn't go home well i thought you see what i'm saying so like she she, it's she knew she was gonna die but she knew she wasn't gonna die in those situations so that's why she didn't go back i thought that's this thing so like I thought it was when you're actually in danger, like when the situation is, is real enough that you're actually in danger, because there's a time when I think I can't remember now, like either, either way. Yeah. The threat has to be real. Yeah. Either to her or to the universe for her Mm -hmm. to go back because there's moments where she tries to send herself back, but it's not enough because she knows that nothing bad is. She knows that she's not going to die or she's like inflicting that harm on herself 
until it's something that's like serious harm, which obviously is the last time she goes home. Like there's serious harm that she goes to inflict on herself with cutting her wrists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, the episode ended and I was just quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just and quiet. The, like my other thing is if you're supposed to, your whole thing is you're not disrupting the past. Mm-hmm. Why is Olivia raising Alice? Why did Hagar die? What happened? Also, why is Hagar the mother? Hagar was not the mother in the book. Something tells me that Alice is going to grow up. Mm-hmm. That the next time that uh, that that she comes back, Alice yeah. will have become friends with Nigel. And part of me wonders if that's what they're going to do. Is they're going to have Alice be Nigel's love interest? And that's why Rufus steals her. Because he's jealous and envious that he doesn't have someone. Part of me wonders if they're going to kind of just cut out the middleman there and buy them in that way since he doesn't seem to know about Alice. And I also think that um, that there that that Alice would then name her child Hagar after her mother, Mm -hmm. which like all of that is a long walk for a short drink of fucking water. Yeah. Like, why not just tell the story? Like, it would be so much easier. To just tell the story. I don't know. Especially because if they had just told the story the way that it was written, it still would have taken them through more than one season. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I've seen some reviews online. Mm -hmm. This thing has terrible, terrible ratings, terrible scores, terrible reviews. I think it's got like three and a half stars out of ten on IMDb. Like, it's bad. Like, people are not into it. I doubt there's going to be a second season unless they've already made it and are going to force it to come out. I don't know. This I is just, one of the this is one of the worst adaptations I think I've ever seen. Yeah, of anything. Yep, like, hands down. I've seen adaptations that don't follow the book at all, but at least yep. it feels like it's telling a story. Yeah, or for they're this, or they're doing something new. Yeah. Yeah. For this, I feel like if you didn't even read the book, you would not understand what's going on. It like, wouldn't be enter- so, it wouldn't be an entertaining yeah. show if you didn't read the book. Yeah. You'd be like, what am I watching? Like what is this what is this show trying to say to me? Yeah, like I'm cool with you making changes to the source material if for screen it makes more sense to do it a different way because you can't have all the inner monologue. It's fine. I understand that sometimes you have to do that. Sure. This is not that case. This is, oh, just throw the source material out the window. I want to tell my own story, you know? Yep. Yep. Like it's a knife in my chest every time I see the credits that say based on the book by Octavia Butler. I'm like, no, take her name off of this. Take her no. name off of this, please, Jesus. Don't put her name it's on this. So trash. bad. This mess. Oh like, my god. Octavia Butler is rolling right now. Rolling. 100%. Yep. yep. I waited so long for this. I waited so long. Yeah. And this is this is what we got. I'm really glad though, can I just say? I am really, really glad that I am not on this journey by myself. Because like if you had never asked me to come on this podcast yeah. and talk to you about this book, this like beautiful, amazing masterpiece triumph of a book, mm-hmm. like if we had never fallen down that rabbit hole together, if I had never been able to like talk to you and have these mm-hmm. deep conversations about this book that like just has my whole heart, I would mm-hmm. be sitting here right now going through this by myself. Like my partner, yeah. so my nesting partner like has not read the book, but he's listened to our podcast and mm-hmm. obviously has heard our my side of this conversation while we record. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom re- has read the book. So I would have had like a small support system to talk to. 
Um, but my mom is like busy with holiday stuff and she's like, I just can't take it. If you say that it's bad, I'm just going to believe you and I'm not going to watch it because <laughs> I don't fair. think I could handle it. I was like, you can't handle it. Don't do it. Don't no, watch don't it. Do it. Uh, just don't. Just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. I like some movies that are like a terrible adaptation of the book. I'm like, at least it'll get you to read the book. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt about the comic book. I was like, at least it might get people into reading yes. the book. Yes. I don't feel that way about this TV show. No. At all. No. Like no, at all. This feels like it's going to pump people's racist agenda. Mm. You know? Like, it's just going to stroke their ego a little bit and be like, yeah, no, it's not that bad. Nothing to worry about. And I'm displeased. Very, very displeased. To say the least. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Like, I'm, I am just... Yeah, I'm just yeah. I want to say that I'm speechless, but we have a whole hour of speech, so yeah, facts. <laughs> I just <sighs> and I guess at least having... they go back. At least they go back in time in episode four. Yeah, we can find out what's happening in 2016. Like I'm gonna finish this season for sure. Yes, yes, and we're gonna talk about it. Yes. Um, but it's, it's not even a fun roller coaster. Like, I feel no. like I'm on the Tower of Terror, but someone put like Teletubbies in there. And so I'm just <laughs> confused, you know? Yes. Or it's like one of those like rickety old roller coasters that are like a wooden roller coaster. So there's no upside down. So you're like, this isn't scary. And then you get on it and you're like, oh, I'm going to die on this ride. Okay. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Like yeah. someone tricked you. They were like, it's going to be really fun. It's really mm-hmm. great. It's like Space Mountain. Space Mountain's a wooden roller coaster. You're like, all right. That sounds good. I'm going to go on yeah. Space Mountain. That's great. I love Space Mountain. And then you get on it and you're like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. This is not the same thing. Oh no. I can't get off. Oh no. <laughs> like that's yeah. what this feels like. Oh, I my know. Goodness. For sure. Oh. Like a thousand percent agree with you. It's like, I, I'm going to stick it out. I'm gonna stick it out, and I'm gonna see where this roller coaster takes me. But something like, tells me it's it's gonna it's gonna require all of our patience. I know. I. Yeah, I no other words. <laughs> That's all I've got. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Well, I guess we will see you guys in the next episode. Apparently. Yep. 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 Um, keep listening keep listening (laughs) Candace where can the people of the internet find you and the things you do you can find me at that Candace girl on Twitter where I post pretty much all of my goings on hopefully it won't crash and burn by the time you hear this you can find me on Hive Social at Magnificent O-N-E so Magnificent One and then you can also find me pretty much everywhere else that doesn't have 15 character or less usernames at Candace the Magnificent all one word including Twitch YouTube and Instagram and all of those links will be available in the show description so make sure to look there and you can just do a little clicky click and it makes things easy yeah (laughs) but we will catch you all next week with another episode of this uh trash fire (laughs) bye bye